0: Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 264, Dancing with Dragons. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world, it's good to be back with you. And I hope you're doing okay, despite everything that's going on in the world. I send my loving thoughts to all those who are struggling, suffering, grieving, anxious. And may our thoughts together recognize that there's a need now for a permanent peace, not just a temporary covering up of what's going on. And that can only occur when everything that's being shaken up at the moment from the bottom of the ocean is revealed, owned, taken responsibility for, and that we at last recognize that we are one peoples, united because we live on this beautiful blue planet that is our home, and that we find a peace that is lasting. And because of looking at this beautiful planet, I thought, let's dive deep into what is known as dragon energy. And I've been studying dragon energy for some time now, especially in my women's work, when I realized that that 3,500 years ago, most cultures cut humanity off from what is known as the root chakra, which is about nine feet or three meters under our feet, to which that dragon energy flows. And so if you look back in history, there were plenty of stories about, you know, uh, someone killing the dragon or killing the serpent. And part of this was about destroying our connection to our true sense of belonging that exists in that root chakra and much, much deeper. What happened at that time was that we forgot our deep connection to the wisdom of mother earth, to to Gaia, the consciousness of mother earth. We started to believe that we only lived on the surface, that our ability to survive was based on other people rather than our connection to her. And at that same time, Kundalini, who is the serpent goddess at the base chakra fell asleep because she no longer had that connection to the root chakra. So through our work, through our ability to truly root ourselves, not just ground ourselves, but root ourselves through literally seeing roots going from the soles of our feet into that root chakra and then even further into the center of the earth, we are reconnecting to the consciousness of Mother Earth as then to the consciousness of the sun, to the galaxy and the universe. Now, that might sound strange to some of you who have spent a lot of time meditating out your body upwards. But the way in which we truly need to connect is down into the heart of Mother Earth through our own hearts. Now, I don't want to go any further with that at the moment. I want to talk about Mother Earth's heart. So if we imagine there is a very slow pulse at the center of Mother Earth, And that pulse starts to stir the liquid core of Mother Earth, creating what we call a geodynamo, which then creates the magnetic field that we know passes out through the mantle, the crust, out into the atmosphere until we have a magnetosphere around our Earth. But when we look at that magnetic field, we could say that it is carried through major arteries and veins that connect to the heart of Mother Earth. And those arteries and veins are known as dragon lines or spirit lines, seen throughout the world, understood to be important. And that this energy is carrying the very nurturing nutrition that both created Mother Earth but also created us. We are an aspect of Mother Earth. We are born through her, her elements, through her consciousness, et cetera, et cetera. So when we disconnected from her, we actually become undernourished. We no longer can survive on just the life force that we need. We have to start to eat food that is less powerful and and more dense. So when we connect to that dragon energy, we find that we feel more lively, more healthy, and we also feel more secure. And in ancient times, that's all we did. We literally tapped, sent our roots into Mother Earth, connected heart to heart, connected intuitively with her, And that was the force of love and light that that fed us. And in ancient times, people were nomadic, not because they hadn't got anywhere to live. It was just because they lived wherever Mother Earth would say, yes, you can come and settle here for a while. And then they'd move on. And they knew that there were places that had different energies, different perhaps nutritional points like gems or diamonds or gold, and you could move around there, but nobody owned any of it. You literally went wherever you were needed and where your consciousness could grow in that place. Now, over time, that changed. We've started to see people owning or wanting to own aspects of the earth for their own needs. Many of the battles that have gone on over hundreds of years have been about not just owning land but owning the riches within Mother Earth, owning the dragon energy, owning the power that exists within these dragon lines. And there's been such a interest in this area that you will see many civilizations, cultures digging into the earth, developing caves, passageways into the earth, going as deep as they can, because they believe that that's where the power is, and they know it. In fact, if you read times around the Second World War, it was found that Hitler was fascinated to find ways into the inner world, the underworld, the other world. And he would take people from different cultures, especially Tibetans, to say, teach me how to get into that inner world because it was believed that whoever owns the power of the inner world owns the world. Well, fortunately, there have been many guardians of the portals or the doorways that did not allow everybody just to enter if they wanted. And what I've become aware of, they were often guarded by what we would say dragons or other what so-called mythical characters who would make it very difficult for individuals who were not ready to dig deep and go in and steal that energy that's where all the stories came about of the dragons actually guarding the the wealth the gems (laughs) it wasn't that they were possessing them they were just saying no you're not ready to have them so even though dragons have often got a bad rap dragons had integrity this higher level of the dragons had great integrity And really were the protectors of the earth for so long, as are the whales for the seas. So here we are now, and I've been studying different sacred sites, which I've many of which I've visited, and saying, Well, why did the architects and the builders build this sacred site, temple, etc., in this place? And it wasn't the building, it was the place. And what was known that where some of these dragon lines crossed, there was called a nodal point or a zero point. And this crossing created a great deal of uh, increase in the amplitude of the energy. And therefore, any building on top of that also brought wealth and prosperity and abundance to that building, to that place, to whatever was happening. And so what we see, and I can see certainly in Britain because we are a very small island, but we have an awful lot of sacred sites on it or buildings that are ancient on it, that the ancient people understood the knowledge about the dragon energy and how to tap into it and how to harness it. And one of that ways was to recognize that this energy tends to you know, run across the earth And so if you want to stop it, you actually put a standing stone or a staff or something that is long and round, dig it into the earth, and the serpent or dragon will wind around that stick and stay in that area. So that even though we talk about some of the stories about the dragon being killed, George and the dragon, but often all they're doing is piercing the earth to ask the uh, dragon energy to stay in that area now beyond that you could put a standing stone or a menhir, as we call it or you could put a tree so you often see clumps of trees groves of trees planted you know decades and centuries ago to hold the energy in that place the druids had particular interest in this And they would often put a clump of trees around a well. A well was seen as, again, an entry point into the bloodstream of Mother Earth. So they put their grove of trees around that, and the trees would become the messengers or the transmitters of the wisdom that comes from the center of Mother Earth. So you'll often see wells and trees together. So throughout the time, people have understood how to tap into, as I say, and harness this energy for for benefit and for not so benefit. But certainly the religions understood this, the churches understood it, and I would guarantee that somewhere like the Vatican is built on a sacred site, a nodal point where two lines cross, and it's true of many, many sites around the world. So when I looked at ley lines, for instance, which we see as the capillaries of this circulatory system, you will see that there was a definite decision to build a a mound out of soil and gravel or put a manure or standing stone in a place or build a temple, and often in what looks like a straight line. But it was really an encouragement of that line to direct energy in the place you wanted it to go. Ley lines are often quite short, just as is true for capillaries. They will take the energy uh, a few kilometers or miles to wherever you want it to go. But the origins of a place like that, the origins of the capillaries might be someone like Stonehenge that gathered the dragon energy into itself and then the ley lines spread out and took the energy or radiated out to the surroundings. So what we know particularly, there is a masculine and a feminine dragon lines. The the feminine is much more like a serpent, sinuous. It wants to wander about. The masculine is a little bit more straight, but neither of them are straight lines. And where the masculine and feminine cross become these power points. So we know that the feminine really likes to go into places that are caves or valleys or round wells, and so you see a lot of round buildings like Newgrange, stone circles, crop circles. Anything that's round or spiral tends to gather energy. So in the more natural places, we see mountains, hills. We see, as I say, valleys. But we understand the masculine energy tends to go to hilltops or be more interested to go to places that are, have straight lines. And this, of course, we see more in the pyramids of Giza. So the rounder temples tend to represent the feminine energy and the masculine energy, much more the straight lines, but they come together and there's a meeting place. And many famous people, kings, pharaohs, all knew about this energy and they wanted to be buried in a certain direction so that they would reach enlightenment or be sent on a path. And sometimes we see obelisks, which are again, minis or standing stones, but they're stones that have been carved, aren't they? And on that carving is someone's name or something. And what they were planted in the earth to experience is that the energy would come up that standing stone and give power to that obelisk or power to that person that was whose name was written on the obelisk. It's interesting, however, that the dowsers have seen that these energies, the masculine feminine dragon energies are intelligent. They don't just flow. They are like, hmm, what's there? Do I want to go and investigate that or not? This is what dowsers have found. And that the female energy may come up to an obelisk and say, no, I don't want us to go there, and we'll avoid it altogether. And then sometimes the energy has got blocked, and, and it is then a dark channel, and it needs to be released. Sometimes it's been used for nefarious reasons. They've captured this energy and then used it for more occult reasons. And when we go there with a joyful heart and can release that energy, then the energy starts to flow again. And then you may know that many of the Gothic cathedrals of Europe were built to contain this energy, to allow this energy to fill a sacred space. And you see some of these churches have domes, Some of them have towers, and the round towers or the tall towers were a place where literally you were joining heaven and earth and the dragon energy was going up and down, joining what we call the organ energy from the air came and met this dragon energy. And what they used to do was to put the altar underneath the tower so that you kind of had this priest being buzzed by this energy every time he went to speak. They found it was just too powerful, so they moved the altar back. Still powerful, but not as powerful as it was when you were under a tower. As Freddie Silver says, the name altar comes from being altered at the altar. Your mind altering by being this literally uh, aerial for heaven and earth to come together. So I'm giving you some ideas of, this energy is there. It is not negative. It is not positive. It is energy that should be available to everyone. It is particularly located, as I say, uh, for the female energy at places that are round. So if you have trees around you, wells, lakes, anything, mountains, hills, go there, Send your roots deep into the earth, if you can. Send them right down into the pulse of Mother Earth, the heart, and ask her to bring her energy through you so that you can work in harmony with her for the best of yourself and for mankind. And allow that energy then to radiate out from you as you move around. The earth doesn't need healing. It needs us to have a better relationship with her. And she will not, unfortunately, let us have access to this energy if we are going to misuse it or possess it in a way that is not valuable. Years ago, when I was in Malta, I met up with a small figure that's known as the sleeping lady. And it goes back to about 18,000 years ago. And I asked this figure why she was sleeping. And she said, because humans do not know how to either not possess something or they don't want to take responsibility for something they have created. Until humans grow up and start to understand that they have to take responsibility for their creations, as well as not trying to possess that that does not belong to them, they will not have access to these deep energies. So I encourage all of us to spend time with the dragon energy, find peace, ask for access through your heart, through your intuition, and recognize that the royalties and the gifts and the gems that she has for us have nothing to do with objects. It's to do with finding a unification that fills you with so much energy that is just pure consciousness. That is the gift and the gems that she offers you now. I hope your help by this I Send you lots of love. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Tumblr, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the Archive Podcast on Christine's channel, on YouTube, and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeed.